In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says to those who are there with him, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You know, the Bible talks a lot about bread. A lot about bread. It's a part of many stories. It's a metaphor in many different parts of Scripture. It's used in many different ways. But i got to be honest, it's difficult for us as Americans living in the, the modern world to identify with this idea of bread. Because we can go to the store and buy a loaf of bread... And when we buy a loaf of bread, we know it's going to last a little while. Some of you may even freeze bread, which can make bread last a long time. But imagine for a moment that you live in ancient times. You do not have a freezer or a refrigerator. You do not have a store to go get food. Okay, You don't have preservatives. So when you make bread, it only lasts the day, maybe two days. You don't, you don't have the same kind of options. Yes, you can maybe eat fish when you catch fish. You can eat fruits and vegetables when they're in season. But of course, in Israel, there's not really that much gardening that, has, that goes on in that climate. There are certain things that can grow there in certain places. But if you're not near them or you don't get a traveling route near you... Most of what you eat is bread. It's, it's most of what you're going to eat. And it's something you're going to have to make every day. I mean, think about that for a second. No preservatives. So whenever you make bread, the staple thing, the thing you're going to eat all the time, it's not going to last, which means it's a daily office to have to make the bread that you make. They would make it with all kinds of different grains, barley, for example. I mean, but, but whatever grains you had, you would learn to make bread with them. In fact, in ancient times, when, when uh, historians want to look at the strength of an economy, for example, they will look at the cost of grain. It's the one thing that they can look at to measure how strong an ancient economy was. In fact, Grain used to make bread was often the basic unit of weight and the basic unit of value for trading. So before, the, before there's money, before there's currency, before you could say, oh, that's $5, you would say how much grain something is worth. That is how important bread was in those days. So when we say bread, we're not, we're not talking about just any kind of thing you can get at the store. Whenever we say bread in the Bible, you've got to understand that bread means your life. In fact, the word bread is synonymous in many biblical texts with food. In fact, we just prayed it three minutes ago. Give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? It's our food for the day. The word bread gets used as the word food. Okay? Um, we kind of say this even to this day, right? Have you ever broken bread with someone? Is bread the only thing you ate there? No, you ate food with them, but we call it breaking bread because even to this day, that metaphor is so strong, it's stuck around. That bread equals food. 
Many of you have heard of the town of Bethlehem, right? We sing about it every Christmas. The word lechem is the Hebrew word for bread. And Beit means house. And the, the town is literally called the house of, of bread. But do you know why it's called the house of bread? It's not particularly because of bread there. It's because sheep were raised there. Bethlehem is pretty close to Jerusalem. And so we believe that uh, Bethlehem was the place where a lot of the sheep were raised. And if they were perfect sheep, they could go on to sacrifice. But if not, they were used for food. But of course, there's no refrigerators. So whenever you would kill a lamb, you had to eat the whole thing. It's why typically whenever we, eat, whenever we kill the fatted calf... Whenever we kill a lamb, it's for a special occasion because it's got to be eaten all there. And we invite our neighbors and our friends because we don't want any of the meat to go to waste. Bethlehem is named the house of bread because the food of lamb was often raised there. In Leviticus 26.26, God says that He will cut off the supply of bread to a place. The supply of bread, the, the phrase literally is staff of bread in Hebrew. Okay? And it's like a walking staff. Okay? And they, the metaphor is that bread is so important to you that it's like your staff that you use to walk to get through life. It's like a crutch you have to have. Bread is also tied with hospitality. When you would invite someone over, you would break bread with them. Again, the metaphor still stands. Jesus once talked in Matthew 7 about how many of you, if somebody asked you for bread, would give them a stone. You wouldn't do that because in the Hebrew culture, hospitality was important. When you broke bread with someone, when you ate with someone, you accepted them. You accepted them. You welcomed them into your home. And so bread became a metaphor of hospitality and acceptance. Bread is used a number of times in the Old Testament. First of all, in the temple, uh, which, which was again moved around as the tabernacle with the people of Israel and then eventually made into a temple, there was a table in that, in that temple, in the Holy of Holies, which our table really represents. Okay? And on that was always bread. It was called the bread of presence or the show bread. And every week the priest would have to come in and change that bread. And that bread was an acknowledgement that all the bread that we have comes from God. There's even a story in the Old Testament where David is hiding from Saul. And he hides out, but with the priest hides him out in the temple. And he is hungry, so the priest gives him some of that bread. People are outraged when they hear this. That David ate of the showbread, the bread of presence. But that becomes a symbol for David of God's acceptance of him and God's provision for him. There at the temple, grains and bread were offered. We often talk about lambs and goats and doves and bulls being slaughtered at the sacrifices. But there were a number of times where grains were offered, where you would bake bread and burn them on the altar. Why? Because it's an acknowledgement that God gives us our daily provisions. And it's a sacrifice to God to acknowledge that and to ask Him to keep providing for us. Manna in the Bible, in the book of Exodus. I preached on this a couple weeks ago, so I'm not going to belabor this. But manna becomes a great symbol of the provision of God because there's this flaky kind of bread-like substance on the ground when Israel wakes up that sustains them while they are in the wilderness. In fact, there was collected a jar of that that was on that same temple 
table. At the Passover, bread became important. Leaven was removed from the home. How would you get leaven? How would you get yeast in ancient times? Well, what you would do is you would take a piece of the dough that was fermenting, that was starting to grow before you really baked it, and you would leave it off to the side. And then you would take a little bit of that every time you went to make bread, and since that yeast was already moving in the bread, was already alive and active, you could get another piece. Get another piece. But it became a metaphor for Israel that at Passover they would get rid of all the leaven. Basically, get rid of all this old stuff living in your house that's making bread. It's time for new life. And so all the leaven, all that old bread that was fermented, that wasn't quite put together yet, the yeast would be removed and unleavened bread would be eaten at the Passover. In fact, there was a specific time in the Passover where a piece of unleavened bread called the Afikoman was broken and was split apart. And one piece was hidden for the children to find later that at the time of Jesus was used to remind Israel of the coming Messiah who would come and save the people. In the New Testament, Jesus deals a lot with bread. He often broke bread with sinners. In fact, this is one of the things that the religious leaders are are upset about the most. Jesus is always with with tax collectors and prostitutes and people that should have been the outcasts of society. And he eats with them. What's the big deal about eating with them? We eat with all kinds of people at the mall and at restaurants all the time. But in those days, to break bread with someone was to accept them, was to invite them and be hospitable to them. And so when Jesus eats with these sinners, when he breaks bread with them, he accepts them. There's this great section of John chapter 6 where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Everybody remember the story? There's all these people. And Jesus asks his disciples, hey, how are we going to feed these people? Somebody says, well, this this kid's got five little loaves and two fish. It's a pretty big meal for a kid, I would think. But maybe they're small loaves. I don't know. Jesus gives thanks and starts passing them out. And you know what happens? That bread multiplies until baskets and baskets are collected at the end of all the extra bread. Then Jesus leaves, goes walking across the water, and then when he gets to the other side, all those people have traveled around because they want more bread. I want to follow this guy. I don't have to make bread anymore. He'll just give it to me. So they start talking there on the other side of the water. Jesus starts talking about manna. He starts talking about referring to some of these these bread references from the Old Testament. They keep pushing him. And Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. They're looking for this kind of bread. Jesus is saying, I am that bread that's given from heaven to provide for you. Jesus ends that discourse saying this. Listen to this. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give will be for the life of the world. And it is my flesh. Jesus is definitely referring to communion here. Although the disciples probably did not know it at the time. 
But Jesus is pointing ahead to this sacrament where he will sit around at the Passover with his disciples. And when that afikoman is broken, he'll say, this is like my body. It's going to be broken and it's going to be given to you. Jesus dives headfirst into all this bread imagery. In fact, after Jesus is resurrected, he's walking with some of his disciples. And they don't recognize him, but they're drawn as, it, as he teaches about the Old Testament and all that Jesus has done. He talks about all the things that he accomplished that the Old Testament said he would need to. So they invite Jesus to eat with them. They show this hospitality. Come break bread with us. And when Jesus breaks the bread, they recognize him. He is revealed in the breaking of bread. This bread breaking also looks forward. There's a story in Luke 14 where Jesus talks about when you throw a banquet, don't invite your friends and relatives and rich neighbors. If you invite those people, you're just doing it to get something out of it, to keep people happy or to get some kind of return. Jesus said, instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, because then you'll be blessed in the resurrection. Someone responds when they hear this in the crowd, saying, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. He's referring whoever this person is back to Isaiah 25. That's later referred to in Revelation 19. That at the end of all time, when all things are made right and restored and God fully rules this world without opposition, that God will provide bread to His people. So this person says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom. But Jesus tells him and the group there a story. The parable of the great banquet. Again, Luke 14, you ought to read this sometime this week. A man goes and invites a bunch of people to a great banquet. And people keep making excuses why they can't come, why they can't come. And so eventually the servants go and just rustle up whoever they can. Go to all the outcasts of the town, go to the highways and the byways and bring them all in. Jesus tells this story to show that the religious people who are called to the faith of their parents but won't pay the cost for themselves to actually be disciples won't be part of the banquet. It's an indictment on those Pharisees that are there in the crowd. That to be brought into the banquet is to be accepted and they will not be accepted. Think about Jesus in terms of all this bread imagery. Jesus, born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, called himself the bread of life, referred to himself as the manna. He is the bread of presence. When you see him, you see the Father because he came from the Father and he is the Father. No leaven, no yeast, without sin, broken just as the Passover Afikoman was broken. He ate with sinners his whole life and he calls us as sinners to the communion table and accepts us even today. He will serve bread at the end of all time. Isn't this imagery of bread just rich? Today, have you entered the banquet? Have you made Jesus your faith? Have you made this faith your own faith? I mean, have you really? 
Are you relying on God on a daily basis, the way those people would have relied on daily bread, the way we just prayed a little bit ago, give me today my daily bread. If Jesus is really the bread of life, then he's all you need. Or are you stretching out and stressing over other things? When was the last time you broke bread with someone else that you didn't know as well? Where has has hospitality gone? We just don't break bread with people anymore. Or we break bread with the people that we always break bread with instead of reaching out and inviting into our home someone new. It's getting to the point in our culture where if you will do that, you will make a friend for life because there are a lot of people that don't get invited over to new people's homes anymore. Our church could change our community if we started breaking bread every couple weeks with somebody we weren't as close to. And it would really change our church. And as we go to communion table today, you're going to see we've got bread decorating the table. I'm going to ask as you come forward that you pause a little bit. Look at the imagery. Think through Jesus as the bread of life. We've even cut the bread for communion a little bit bigger today. So you've got to sit there for a little bit of mo- for another moment, maybe take two bites. Take a moment and, and just sit in all this imagery of bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He is all you are, will ever need. Rely on him. Let us pray. Lord, we confess that we do not always rely on you for everything that we need. We push to support ourselves. We try to keep ourselves going. We confess that we don't often break bread with others, but we are content with our own friends and our own family. You have called us to do so much more. You have done so much more. As we go to communion, Strengthen us. Give us the resolve that we need to continue to be your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.